We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Totally redeems himself. <laughs> He's another guy I'm so over in MLS. Him and Drogba can go. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I am joined today by J.D. Bazo because we're going to talk some Major League Soccer. Skylar Redpath uh, is not joining us again. Did he skip last week, too? Yeah, he did. We're going to have to put off the, the slam poetry for another yeah. week. I promise he still um, contributes to the site. Uh, in fact, he's become a, a huge contributor to their site. But 
he had other things going on. We're a day early because uh, of me again. So um, all the blame for all of our Skyler fans out there that come just for him. I promise we will get him back on next week. Um, but otherwise, you've got two Northerners to deal with today. So, uh, J.D., we're, we're taping this Wednesday evening. So there's actually a match going on tonight. It's Toronto against RSL. Uh, and they play this weekend. They both have double game weeks. Did you load up on uh, double game week players for your FMLS team? Yeah, I haven't done anything yet. It's a little after 5 o'clock, so I like to see the lineups coming out. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to save that extra transfer last week. So I I'm just, think I'm just going to play around with two switches. Um, maybe I'll get Javier Morales in if I can squeeze him. But uh, yeah, I'll probably pick up double game week, guys. There's really no reason not to and if i pick the right one like toronto's midfield you can pick up like any of five different guys <laughs> yeah so uh this this is one of the rare double game weeks where people are actually going to be picking up like not identical players so that'll be fun i think i'll try and hit on one of them hopefully and see what happens yeah i think the rsl guys will probably be the the main ones that are added uh you mentioned morales i assume plata and burrito will probably be pretty heavily owned um i'm justin glad i think if anybody doesn't have him and they need that cheap defender he's he's the option i think i may drop sasha kledgen to get javi mo which means kledgen will have a hat trick against the galaxy on sunday but um, <laughs> i'm hoping that doesn't every time i Every time I own Question, he does poorly, and every time I don't, he has a great game. So I can't seem to get Question right this mm. year. Yeah, hopefully you can. So do you want to pick him up for me so I can drop him and then? <laughs> <laughs> I have him. I picked him up last week. Oh, good. Because I thought, oh, New York City Derby, how could I go wrong? And I mean, or actually, that was the week before. Yeah, he was I good at that not, I don't think I picked him up. Yeah, so this one was at Chicago. I figured he would have a good game again, but not so. Yeah. Uh, I assume everybody will be captaining Javinko this weekend. I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody could could make a, a viable case against it, other than the fact that they don't think he would play the second game. And I think he's proven that we he plays all the time. So when he's fit, so might as well. But do you have any reservations on the RSL guys, particularly Morales? Actually, uh, I really don't. I don't. Morales, people keep saying like he's a rotation risk, but I feel like that was just when he was hurt. I totally mean, he's agree. been hurt for a large portion of the last two seasons. I don't know why people think now. I mean, maybe he'll get rotated. You never know on a double game week, but he doesn't stand out to me as a rotation risk. Same with uh, Jao Plata. I don't think he's a rotation risk either, especially if Mavsissian isn't playing uh, this first game here. Exactly. Yeah, they're not going to go into Saturday. I mean, it is home against the fire, so it's not exactly a the toughest of matchups, but I, I can't really see them resting Plata with Mavsissi on a bench and going with, you know, Sandoval and uh, Olmos Garcia or something like that. Like, you, you can't you can't roll with those guys realistically, in my mind, if, if you have an option like Plata available, but um, the bummer... Yeah, absolutely, and they need points. It's not like, I mean, they're sitting fifth in the playoff race, tied for fourth, rather, uh, with two games in hand, actually. So I guess they're solidly fourth. But uh, there's teams hot on their heels, Portland, San Jose. And you never, if Seattle somehow comes up with a huge surprise run, I guess they could be in there. So, yeah, you can't you can't rest right now. And you have to pick up points off of Chicago, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the one negative is that they they play saturday instead of sunday we have a 
a five-game Saturday slate and a three-game Sunday, and RSL was unable to get into the Sunday one because uh, mostly heavy hitters are there, and I guess they're just not on that level yet in terms of TV. But <clears throat> let's yeah, um, and they get a good crowd. They get a good crowd whenever. So I think um, you know they don't need to have like that Sunday match for the, to get their fans out there. Mm, that's a good point. Although home against Chicago will be the true test of the dedication of those fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I While we're going to skip the, talking about the went, this Wednesday game, um, I do want to at least start on Friday. We've got the Earthquakes and New York City FC. We kind of uh, talked about this game a little bit last weekend because um, New York City, or I'm sorry, David Villa was suspended this past weekend for a yellow card accumulation, and he's available to come back for this game. But I'm probably the one who speaks the loudest about it. But I, I tend to try to avoid taking guys who are playing at San Jose. Uh, do you have any reservations of bringing uh, of bringing Via in if if you uh, if you had the salary this weekend? Nah, in daily fantasy, I don't. If we're still talking season long, I'd probably just hold off. Yeah. Uh, it's not a week you you need to get David Via in, but. I really don't hate uh, their away match at San Jose. I think they, they've shown that they can score recently. San Jose still doesn't have Clarence Goodson. Um, so, yeah, I don't think San Jose is quite as, uh, I don't know, intimidating as they used to be. But they're, they're still going to be solid. So it, it's kind of just an average match for me, I think. Okay. I, I mean, I could see New York City getting a shutout just as easily as I could see San Jose getting a shutout in mm -hmm. this one. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, obviously, the um, New York City is not going to necessarily um, blow the doors off, but San Jose has proven that they can't blow them off either. So, uh, you know, like a roadkeeper doesn't doesn't worry me at all in terms of uh, going with Saunders at San Jose. Right. I mean, if you told me that San Jose hadn't had a game this year where they scored three goals, I I would only be mildly surprised. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have, but I can't remember San Jose ever having a like a four goal, five goal game this season. Yeah, I agree. And most teams do. Exactly. Yeah, including New York City just this past weekend without <laughs> David V. Actually, but um, right. are you on the Frank Lampard train? I guess so. I'm not. I'm not like thrilled about it, but I guess I'm on the Frank Lampard train. He's been incredibly consistent, uh, just goal scoring, but I. I don't think he's quite as goal-dependent as people are making him out to be. Uh, like, maybe he has been, but I think moving forward he'll be fine, even if he's not scoring. Tommy Mack is a sneaky under-owned almost every week, though. <laughs> Wouldn't be a podcast without getting at least a Tommy Mack <laughs> mention in somewhere. Yeah, I feel like this is the Lampard that everybody expected when he was first supposed to come. Um, so anybody who's, like, shocked at this... Um, I think is a little being a little dramatic because like this is why they brought him in and you know he was obviously at the tail end of his career in England but um, those guys still have have shown plenty of uh, impactful play in in Major League Soccer and so this is you know this is exactly what Frank Lampard was supposed to be doing. Yeah, definitely. So the Saturday uh, slate starts at five p.m. E or I'm sorry, uh, seven o'clock Eastern. DC United against Philly, two teams that have made. Uh, tremendous changes over the last um, few weeks. More DC in terms of uh, quantity and Philly with the potential quality. 
Uh, let's start there. Um, one player who I'm not sure will be uh, in the DraftKings slate this weekend. He's um, probably not going to make the MLS one, although I haven't gone in to do my transfers yet. But his new signing, Alejandro Bedoya, who um, is definitely like one of the bigger names to come back in terms of uh, American players since we had the Bradley and Josie one uh, guys come in. Uh, how much of an impact do you think um, Bedoya can have in Major League Soccer? I think he's going to have a, a pretty big impact. Yeah, the the union are loaded with midfielders, but they don't quite have one like Bedoya that can uh, excel at, on both sides of the field. Um, kind of Maurice Adu, you look at as more of a defensive guy when he's coming back. Tranquilo Barnetta has, I think they've tried to play him a little bit deeper, but he's gotten really exposed mm-hmm. uh, as of late defensively. He kind of overcommits offensively. Um, Pontius does good work getting back on defense, but other than that, there's there's not too many midfielders that can really do both, and Bedoya definitely is a guy that can. I've been a, a fan of his on the U.S. national team for a while. He never He's not a game changer, but he does all the little stuff you need. Um, his Twitter's a little annoying, but um, we'll live. We'll live with it. I don't know that he's going to be putting up enormous fantasy scores, and it might kind of be a situation where the, the union midfielders cannibalize each other and you never know who to pick. But I'm excited for it. I think this kind of solidifies the union as a contender. However, they really could have used one uh, big defensive like backline signing mm-hmm. because they have been leaking goals uh, probably for almost two months now, and that needs to get fixed really quickly. I think kind of the rookies may have hit a wall a little bit, so we'll see what happens, but that back line has to concern them a little bit. Uh, weren't they considering putting Adu back there as like a center back? I mean... That just... would that would make a lot of sense now that Bedoya's coming, yeah. Right. So who who's the guy that sits once Bedoya? Because uh, it's obviously going to take Bedoya a little bit of time to work up his match fitness. I mean, he obviously played in Copa, but um, he hasn't he hasn't really gone through a preseason. So um, you know, it'll take a little time for him to to work his way up. But is it Pontius? Do you think that will end up sitting or? Um, I don't think so. Pontius has been really really good this year. Yeah. So I think I mean Latou is going to remain a super sub. And I think Ilsenio is probably the guy that, that gets bumped a little bit. Yeah, and Alberge at least keeps his spot. I think so, yeah. I mean, Alberge and uh, Barnetta might rotate enough that Ilsenio also is is fairly regular. But if you have to pick one that sits, I think it's Ilsenio. Okay. Okay, that make, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. Only because the, I feel like he hasn't even shown an ability to, to be nearly as consistent as you'd want a starter to be. Yeah, he kind of does float in and out of the games, and I think uh, like free kicks are a strength of his, but they have other guys that can do that. So, yeah, he did have that one hat trick earlier this year. So, who he knows? Did. I the other interesting thing I saw today that CJ Sapong is uh, there's a like Portuguese team interested in him. Mm-hmm. So if by chance he gets transferred out, maybe the Union come up with some sort of weird false nine formation, which they're kind of built to be, I guess. Hopefully he doesn't have the same agent as uh, Fabian Castillo. <laughs> what an unbelievable mess that turned into be that turned out to be. But um, yeah, and I think uh, pretty much all sides are a little bit to blame, except Fabian Castillo himself. So. Right, right. Um, so let's change to DC United. I feel like this is two teams that we crapped on so much at the beginning of the season, and now um, we have a decent amount to say about them. Uh, DC added 
uh, Lloyd Sam earlier, uh, Patrick Mullins as well. Uh, Kennedy Igbonanike is there now. Um, they they definitely seem better uh, in the attack than they were at the be- you know at the beginning of the season, even without you know even at peak Fabian Espindola, I don't think they were going to be as as good as they are now. Um, who do you think has the best fantasy upside of this group? I mean, none of them are, you know, none of them are Robbie Keane, but there, there are some of them that should be able to provide some value. Yeah, it's tough because Mullins, I think, is kind of a better real-life forward than he is a fantasy forward. Uh, he's a little bit goal-dependent, but he does a, a lot of things to help his teammates get open. He has great movement off the ball, um, but I I don't know if he's uh, going to be like a guy that's grabbing us 20 plus points on a semi-consistent basis yeah um and the same with Igbon and Ike. he he really drifts in and out of games at times so he's he's not someone I'm ever really going to trust too much he might be a guy if he's a, a cheapish second forward that I'll throw him in there uh but Lloyd Sam I think is the the consistent midfield option for us in daily fantasy he seems rejuvenated um, they're really trusting him and letting him take on a, a playmaking role out there on the wing. So I think Lloyd Sam's the one that I'm going to look to most from here until the end of the season. Um, that's assuming Mullins doesn't stay at 3,600, which is what he was last week. Mm-hmm. Also as a, as a midfielder. So Yeah. Yeah, Sam, we should also note, has been dealing with a groin injury, so that's why he didn't play last week and is questionable for this week. But uh, I put Igbon and Ike in this class of, like you said, they're second forwards, but they're still kind of like questionable second forwards that you would have for fantasy. And I put guys like uh, Quincy Amarqua and um, there was another one I was tripping. Tesho. Team, oh, Tesho. That's exactly who it was. Yeah, Tesho. And uh, I could even probably throw in Sabarillo. Um, guys who like you've yeah, seen I mean, them do well, but you know that they're basically dart throws. Yeah, I think Juan Agadello is another guy you could put in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's they definitely are, and even like a team's number one forwards that you're not sure about, like a Will Bruin. Um, Will Bruin's not a we'll sure thing. We'll see what happens. <laughs> definitely not. We'll see what happens in Kansas City. Uh, yeah, teams like that. So it's I don't know. Igbon Anike does have more ability than those guys to to really go off and get two goal, two goals, maybe three goals. Yeah, but we'll see. I I really need to watch him in. DC United system and just see how it works because mm-hmm. Patrick Mullins and Luciano Acosta could either make a, make him really well or he might not fit. I mean, Fabian Espindola doesn't really gel with any other playmakers and now the lineup could really come together more that he's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do all of these attacking options make you like uh, Acosta anymore? Yeah, I really like Luciano Acosta. Mm-hmm. I think the more playing time he gets with regularity, the better he's going to be. And um, there's there's not too many guys with his skill set in the league. So it, as long as Ben Olsen continues to, to put his trust in him, which he was not earlier in the season, I, I think good things could happen. Okay. Um, there are two matches at 5.30 on Saturday. We've got Toronto playing their second game in, in four days. Um, hosting the Revolution, and then we have the Impact against the Dynamo. Let me touch on the Dynamo first, uh, because they traded Giles Barnes to Vancouver last week, or maybe it was earlier this week. It was Wednesday, yeah, last week. Um, is like what? What's the deal with Houston now? Is there any player on that team that you that you really 
would consider for fantasy purposes. I know you've you've always loved Cubo Torres, although he's gone for the Olympics now, I believe. But I mean, this it seems like Barnes was re- really the only one we we considered and thought this is going to be this will pay off for us. Whereas everybody else kind of feels like you're just desperate for any sort of production. Apologies to Julia yeah, and Baba. <laughs> Yeah, def- uh, fullbacks aside that kind of give us whatever performances that we might throw in there. I'm not big on Houston. I haven't been all year. Uh, I know people tried to hype them up three weeks into the season <laughs> when they had all those goals. Andrew Wenger looked like he was actually a, a top draft pick like he was. Will Bruin, people were starting to talk about him for the national team again, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that really fell off the face of a cliff really quickly. Christian Maidana has been fairly useless this season. Um, I, I guess Alex, Alex Lima, or whatever, he's he's called like something different on every fantasy website yeah. slash actual soccer website. Mm-hmm. But uh, he might honestly have been their best player uh, offensively this season so far. Him or Boniac Garcia, who he really comes in and out of the league, uh, it seems, from on a month-by-month basis. So <laughs> that's... I'd never have a desire to watch Houston Dynamo games, and with DeMarcus Beasley out, that's just one more reason that I don't care. And I guess we'll I'll reevaluate next year if I really care about that team or not. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ugly, um, but it gives you every reason to stack as many impact players as you want. I'd like to throw Domodoro in that group of of second forwards that we were uh, that we were listing before. But the, I mean, it seems like a pretty easy Drogba Piatti, you know click and drop right into your lineup for this this slate right oh i'm yeah, sorry guess, no drog was out i'm sorry that's yeah, stupid red out. card oh god <laughs> um it seems like the reaction to that red card was everybody was like drogba clearly was just seeing how far he could go and he obviously went too far people have been using that excuse for Drogba for a really long time now <laughs> which I guess it's kind of true. Like, he just saw, like, oh, the refs are going to let me do this, so why do I need to stop? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, what if I tackle the opposing goalie? Will they do anything? (laughs) No. And so they just keep going and going, and I don't know. The the refs, like, seem to be so tough with other players, and for Drogba, I don't know. They don't care. Um, It doesn't seem like it, but I guess he got a red this weekend, so there we go. I'm just so tired of him. Like, I... Go coach Chelsea or whatever. It's a shame that such a great player is a clown. You were the first person I thought of when I saw the red because I, was, I wasn't I was watching the match, but I had another one on. And uh, everybody on Twitter was like, what was Drogba thinking, blah, blah, blah. So I flick over to uh, to that game and like I watched it and it was clearly like I, all I could think of was you talking about like his shenanigans and how you wish that it basically like takes away from being able to enjoy like one of the best players that the league has had because he's a clown. Like <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, and it seems like by all accounts off the field, he's like a nice guy. His teammates love him. Uh, whatever, you know, he usually in the community, it seems like he's doing good things, but I just, when he's on the field in the game, he annoys me so much. Mm. Yeah. It's uh it's disappointing. Does that, and he, Sorry, go he on. could get like one of these players hurt one of these days that he's doing stupid stuff to. Like maybe this last weekend, whatever, that wasn't going to be a big deal. But I, sometimes you just don't realize what you're doing. And like when he tackled Steve Clark. I was going to say the Steve Clark like 
grab and roll, whatever that was. And twisted his knee, yeah, yeah, or his whole leg, rather. But, I mean, that something definitely could have gone wrong there. So, I don't know. Drogba would not like if someone did this kind of stuff to him. Right, right. Um, so, Drogba out uh, should skyrocket Piatti, right? I mean, we've always kind of said Piatti's really <laughs> good without Drogba. So, obviously, we got to have him Piotti's, I think Piatti's really good either way. But uh, since Drogba hogs every single free kick known to mankind um, <laughs> that's in any kind of scoring position, I guess that's what makes me like Piotti most. I don't really care about them both being in open play at the same time. But I am curious to see who starts it forward, if it's Salazar, if it's Adoro, um, or I guess Mateo Mancosu yep. is the one guy I was looking to in my rankings this week. Uh, he's looked good when he's gone on the field. Um, it was a pretty significant transfer for Montreal, and I think they might be ready to to let him loose. So that should be interesting. Totally agree with you. I thought that was a great call. She, yeah, the one note here, Houston has not really as bad as they've been. They have one win in their last six games. They've only allowed five goals yep. over those six. So, I mean, they've only scored four goals in their six games. So maybe we should be talking about uh, Montreal's defense even more than their attack with mm-hmm. Evan Bush and Cole, uh, Oyongo, and even Laurent Simon I could see kind of getting up uh, on a nice set piece if you want to play a, a center back in the three to $4,000 range. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, He's very good in the air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other game at that time, Toronto, which we said was playing their second match against the Revs. Um, is it still too early to call Kai Kamara I don't want to call him a bust because obviously like he can break out but like we're not getting as much as we thought we would get out of him and do you think that turns around at all yeah it's really hard to say I um admittedly I didn't watch the revolution hardly at all last week so I I can't say how he was then but just some games it seems like he's getting uh, enough chances and not they're not finishing or he's getting unlucky in other games, it's yeah, he doesn't seem like he's anything special. So, it's tough. It's, I mean, if we could ask him before the game if he was motivated, if there was any reason for him to be pissed off, uh, something like that, that would be really helpful. But <laughs> since we don't, since we don't know, it's tough to trust him. Yeah. Definitely is. The I mean, the he, one thing about this game is Toronto's coming back from a midweek game, so New England has a little bit fresher legs, and maybe that's the difference. Yeah, he did. I mean, he scored last weekend on two shots. The two shots was a little um, disappointing, but um, you know, it's still it's four goals since he came to New England, and I think it's eight games that they've played so far. Which, I mean, theoretically is a decent return, but I feel like there are certain players we expect more from, and he's one of them. I mean, if we got if we got that return from David Villa or. Um, I guess Javinko, who just went through that dry spell, but has made up for it pretty significantly of late. Like, I guess I don't, I don't see a a huge game from Kai Kamara coming with the Revs. Maybe I'm just a little bitter at this point. But yeah, I think maybe defenses have kind of figured him out just a little bit. Um, in that, both in Columbus to a lesser extent, but especially in New England, he really seems like the main focal point, and no one is kind of getting up there alongside him to be another dangerous scoring threat. Like, usually you have maybe Justin Miram cutting in from the wing in Columbus or Finley's speed, but Teal Bunbury and Kellen Rowe, like, aren't making back lines, like, pause to think if they should cover them or Kamara or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, someone needs to get up there a little more, and maybe they need to switch to a four-four-two once Davies and um, Agadello are a little healthier. Yeah, uh, I wonder if they'll do that with with Davies because they did play him. They did play them together a little bit uh, last week, but I'm kind of wondering what happened to Diego Fagundes. Like early in the season, we thought this guy could be a real good uh, a pl- fantasy producer, and he can, he can't even start now. Like, I don't know why Kellen Rowe all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but why Kellen Rowe is kind of chosen, or Bunbury uh, is considered better for, for the Revs than Fagundes. Yeah, I mean, I think Kellen Rowe is a good player, and Bunbury certainly fills a role. But Fagundes, I mean, he has definitely the most, he's the most promising out of all of them. I think it's just the system they play. It's it's going to be through Lee Wynn, and then the wings do good defensive work, and you you get it up top to Kamara. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's really a great system for today's MLS and their roster. Makes sense. And I, they still might transfer Fagundes out, I guess. They'd, every year there's a rumor about him leaving, so we'll see. Right, going to Europe, right, not staying here. Oh, yeah, I think Serie A is the one that always gets thrown around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the next two games we can kind of talk about together. If we Actually, we kind of talked about RSL in Chicago. I, I mean, the does the RSL double game week make you like David Akam or... Michael DeLeu or, you know, John Goosens any more than you normally would? Yeah, uh, just a little bit because I still don't think RSL's defense is that good. So that would that would just be my easy, simple reasoning. And what's the most you would be willing to spend for Michael DeLeu? Not so much that, like, you're looking to spend more, but, like, at what point do you say that price is not worth it anymore? Yeah, it would be really nice if I could see some uh, some <laughs> DraftKings like, and just try and build my lineup, see where he fits. But right now, I'd be willing to spend probably under 5000 Okay. As long as he fit the, you know, kind of my lineup correctly. And it, it would depend what else. It's tough. 4500 or more is a, a little tougher. But I don't know. If he really turns it on, which I think he's capable, capable of, he's going to be right up there with the strikers we view as like six thousand sixty five hundred dollar guys yeah yeah that makes sense um looking at the other game colorado hosting vancouver uh, we talked giles barnes leaving the dynamo how about talking about him as a white cap now how do you think he's going to fit in with them it seems like they've got a lot of guys who are kind of quick wingers other than pedro morales um but is that is that good that they could basically have barnes uh Tequera, if he starts, Bolaños, uh, Morales, Mesquita, like who, who? How do you see everybody fitting in here? Well, Barnes, I think, is a guy that definitely can play striker. Like okay. whereas Espindola, I, you know, he probably lined up at striker more than Barnes did, but he just didn't fit it quite as well. Barnes plays nicer with other people, um, and yeah, I think at Houston he's had plenty of games, maybe before this season where he was more of an out-and-out forward. Okay. So I, I think that's going to be just fine. Um, I Hopefully he overtakes Kudo pretty quickly. Um, and, yeah, Vancouver, if he can really fit in there, Vancouver's going to be extremely dangerous. And I, I still kind of like them as a dark horse for the MLS Cup. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that call. That's, yeah. Because I agree. They, I mean, they basically have underperformed because they can't. Not that Octavio Rivero was, like, this great, 
out and out striker, but like they just haven't been able to fill that role. They were in on Kai Kamara and didn't get him. So I feel like Barnes definitely gives them a, a weapon that they needed. Yeah, I mean, they arguably haven't had a, a forward that they could trust since like Camilo, if you even remember that. I think that's before my MLS time. I'm sure Skyler <laughs> would have recognized it though. He was a like super complicated transfer situation before Fabian Castillo. Mm. Like Castillo is trying to one up him when he wanted to leave. Oh, great. Um, speaking of which, I, I didn't mention earlier, but um, we're not talking about Dallas because they're one of uh, two teams off this week. Dallas and the crew are off. So, um, you know, if your FMLS teams have them, then you're not going to get anything from them this week. But let's go to uh, Sunday. We mentioned that there's some big teams here. So we've got three games. First one is at 4 o'clock Eastern. It's Portland home against Sporting KC. Um, then the next one is Orlando hosting Seattle. And the last one is the Galaxy hosting the Red Bulls. So there are some pretty big games, big names here. The we You kind of uh, hinted at the Dom Dwyer situation with Sporting KC. There's been rumors that, is it Olympiacos that wants him? Uh, I think it is, but maybe I'm wondering if now that it's just my bias since they're one of the only teams I know. <laughs> I, when I, you mention, I think it is though. I think it is Olympiakos. There's another one that I always, not that I mix them up, but there's another Greek side that <laughs> Panathiakos or whatever. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. I think it's Olympiakos that wants Dom Dwyer. If uh, that happens, which uh, it has not yet, and there's really no indication that that it's close, we should also note that the MLS. Um, window closed today, but that's only for incoming players. Out players can still go out through the end of this month. So, um, and I believe players that aren't under contract will still be yep. able to come in. Yep, yeah, correct. So it's really just if you're paying a transfer fee right. to another team, which most MLS teams do not do anyway. Right, right. Um, although they did pay, I think it was a million dollars for Bedoya, and then he'll make a million dollars a year, which I'm surprised he couldn't get somewhere else, but. That's, it's just funny how much he's complained about MLS on Twitter, and now he's cool with coming over. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Klinsman thinks about it, but or not. Who cares? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. care. Please don't ask him. Anyway, so if Dwyer leaves, uh, do we finally get Diego Rubio unleashed, or is it just going to be some crap combination of Connor Hallisey and Jacob Peterson? <laughs> Jacob Peterson's been pretty good lately. Yeah, he has been pretty good. I'll give him that. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he actually saved my my Friday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Friday, whatever it was last week. I think Friday, Saturday. He saved my uh, all my lineups. I was pretty much using him in there. So, right. He's a two game. He's a two game slate kind of guy. <laughs> oh, definitely. But uh, yeah, they seem like they're kind of relying on him more and more, which is kind of a testament to where they are. Uh, this season. Well, he's definitely uh, starting over Brad Davis. No yes. question about that. So, Yeah. Well, um, sp- I guess Sporting have four wins in, in their last six. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really hope we see more Diego Rubio because I think he's pretty talented. I would have loved to see a lineup where they had him and Dwyer in a, more of a 4-4-2. Mm. But uh, teams are scared of that these days. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. But I like Rubio. And he's one of those guys that you're going to want to take advantage of right away because he's so cheap and his price is bound to rise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to talk about midfielders because we've got some really, really good ones in these six teams. We've got Diego Valeri. We've got Kaká, Kledgeton, uh, Failhaber, 
We've got Dos Santos. Dos Santos. Yep. Nicholas Nicholas Ladero. Yep. Gerard. Steve, I mean. Yes. Kevin Molino. So, uh, looking at your rankings for the week, I mean, these, we try to base these off FMLS, but um, I'm not sure there is a considerable difference at the top, at least for you know people who are playing on DraftKings. You have uh, Valeri second overall, Kaká fourth, and Kledgedon sixth. Um, does that does that order work as well for um, DFS? Um, I also have Ladero fifth. You're right. Um, yep, skip right over him by accident. Yeah, so you have Ladero ahead of Kledgedon. Um, that's correct. I think Ladero was extremely impressive last week. Very active. Mm-hmm. I think I the popular stat that's thrown around is he had like. 124 touches on the ball, which is already the fourth or fifth highest anyone's had this season. That's crazy um, for like a debut game too. Like yeah, and it's team. he didn't even have a full week of practice as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he came pretty late in the week. Maybe I'm imagining that, but um, I think that stands because all of those people are are going to be on set pieces. I'm pretty sure which is what would kind of sway the the difference between season long and daily. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. I don't really love Kleshton's matchup on the road against the Galaxy. So that's why he's just a little bit lower. Um Yeah, Valeri's just the man. So it it it's going to be hard for me to ever fade Valeri, that's for sure. Yeah, totally agree, especially at home. I don't even care who they're playing. Um Right. So on the forward front, it seems like it's really Robbie Keane and everyone else. I mean, you could make the case for... I feel like BWP and, and Kyle Lahren and I guess Fernando Adi, if you want to include him, are kind of on a different level than Keane in terms of of value for this weekend. Do you, do you agree or do you think that those guys or, I guess, Dwyer fit fit on the Keane level? Um, I think I agree. I think Kyle Lahren might be a, a guy that's creeping up there just because of the matchup Uh the sounders are going to be a much easier team to play than the red bulls um the sounders have a a long way to travel Um, so do the red bulls but i just think they do it better than than seattle does so at this point yeah um and the one nice thing though is robbie Keane. he probably disappointed people last week so he's a guy that um daily players might go with Audi or laren instead Mm mm-hmm um, the Red Bulls are going to be without Dax McCarty for four to six weeks. Um, I, I assume Sean Davis goes right into his spot like he did during the game when he when he replaced him. But does that um, make you hesitate a little bit with Sasha Kledgeton? I know that Kledgeton is much more of an attacking midfielder, but uh, does I feel like McCarty is kind of a security blanket for a lot of those guys. And without him, um, does that... Does that make you hesitate any more on the Red Bulls? I know that obviously playing at L.A. is, is a little tough in itself, but um, what does McCarty's absence do for you? Uh, McCarty's absence is huge. I think he's one of the – in terms of like if you were voting for MVP by who is most valuable for their team, he'd be way up there compared to how we think of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he would easily be a top 15 MVP candidate – He's kind of what makes the Red Bulls tick, um, and you're right. He covers for everybody. I mean, everyone that is in front of him has a much easier job because of how good Dax McCarty is at his position. So it it does downgrade Sasha Kleshin slightly in my eyes this week, 
but only because I want to see how how they do without him. I think they're still going to be okay, but they don't have the the potential kind of ceiling they did last year when they some games you just they look head and shoulders the best team in MLS in a long time last season. And this season I don't see that happening without a, a healthy Dax McCarty. So mm-hmm. Yeah, part of that was um, helping me convince myself to transfer Kletchen Cl- out of my FMLS team. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you you make a great point as the deadline looms in about an hour and ten minutes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably hear lineups as soon as or you and I will hear lineups as soon as uh, we hang up. Obviously, people who are listening to this, it'll it already happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, great great podcast I uh, concept tell them everything and then it's going to be too late by the time they listen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the McCarty thing definitely uh, worries me about basically the Red Bulls as a whole. Like I, I uh, it's one thing to have him sit for a game. It's another to know that he's not going to come back for possibly six weeks, um, which just changes everything in my mind. I mean, Felipe obviously will have to, to defend a little more than usual because he'll have to cover the ground that McCarty doesn't. And I Davis is, is a good player, but he's not, he's obviously not Dax McCarty. Yeah. I think Felipe's uh, solid in that role too. He's a little also underrated as far as his defensive uh, capabilities. So they'll be all right. I still think they're a top half MLS team without Dax McCarty. It just, it hurts because they were still trying to find an answer on the wing. Now that Lloyd Sam left. And I guess even when he was here, they weren't convinced that uh, that one wing was kind of solid. And yeah. Mike Grell is not the, the best defensive player on the other wing. So that's what's holding them back. They did sign a, a new player from the, um, oh, man, what league? Danish league? I think that's right. Royer, I believe his last name is. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the problem with the Red Bulls is that we just kind of have to see how it goes. And obviously, Gonzalo Verón hasn't been nearly as good as they expected. I mean, Alex Mule's getting plenty of playing time, which... I don't think they would have expected when they signed Verone, so Yeah, this this slate's gonna be really difficult in terms of finding value plays. Yeah. I totally um, agree. It's extremely difficult because the value plays that you're that are popping in my mind right away are the guys from sporting and the guys from the Red Bulls, and they're both on the road on the West Coast, long road trip against two tough teams. So yeah, well, no, uh, Madronda, Jimmy Madronda is out this week, I believe, for yellow card accumulation. So, oh, hallelujah, we don't have to uh, talk about it. We, uh, <laughs> we do at least get another defensive option, though, if they actually play a, a left back at left back. So I don't know if that means <laughs> uh, – I think Matt Beasler is probably still banged up, but I don't know if that allows uh, – Seth Sinovic has yep. recently played for the first time in a while, so he's a candidate for yep. sure. Yep. Yeah, that's a good call. But, yeah, I agree. The uh, – I think you're going to end up having a lot of people grab guys like Sean Davis, though, because uh, they're just not a ton of values um, from absolutely from, <clears throat> from any of these. I mean, Orlando, with how well Kevin Molino is playing, I think you'll see a lot of people go that route if they don't kind of go with the the huge midfield uh, players. But I don't know I, the the Kaká Valeri combo, you know, really handcuffs you everywhere else. Um, Definitely. How about um, Portland's new uh, fullback that is his name is impossible to pronounce. Um, <laughs> what was he priced at last week? Because I don't think I noticed. Uh, I didn't 
Wasn't he playing center back though? Were we talking about um... Versalgeko or something? Oh, 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 yes. Is that his name? Yes. That I thought you were talking about uh, Okongo. Is that his name? Who? Uh... Oh, they just bought him yesterday. Oh, he, uh, Okugo, Amobi Oku- Okugo. Yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, although now that I'm. Is that yeah? He's a midfielder though, but I think he yeah, lined up at center been... at center back because they had because right. Borchers is out um, and Ridgewell is banged up, and I think Zarek Valentin is going to be out this week as well. So I guess we could theoretically maybe it's a Chris Clutie week. Ugh. No, I don't think it's ever a Chris Clutie week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they um. So Akuga has been floating around the league a while. Yeah, from Philadelphia to Orlando to Sporting, and then now to portland but they also just bought a center back yesterday and they also got steven taylor yesterday who's another center back and he might be ready i don't know he might be ready to go right away i i bet no they said he's gonna take a few weeks Uh, okay gotcha yeah he hasn't trained at all he played at newcastle last year i'm looking at fmls they priced him immediately at eight eight and a half which that's wow that is really high (laughs) that's higher than ridgewell and borchers which is uh Wow, eight and a half. Um, yeah, that's pretty high. But and then they also have um, that ver. It's a something with a V. Yeah, it's um. So, yeah, I'm so, really gonna try to do good. this. That's his first name. It's uh, v- Vitautis Andruskevicius. Man, that's not even close. I may just have to watch the game and just tape okay, it. Okay, I I wasn't close, but yeah. God. <laughs> I might um, have to just tape I, the game and play like the recording every time I want to say his name because I'm not sure I'll be able <laughs> to do that. He's got to get a nickname or something. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, he's cheap though, because he'll be someone I definitely look to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is tough. Sporting in Portland both have susceptible defenses. And yeah, They're... I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, what do you think is the highest scoring game of these three, goal wise? I think it's Orlando and Seattle. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I'm not sure Pretty Seattle safely. scores more than one. That's the that's the way I was looking at it though. Yeah, I guess we should touch on the fact that I left Clint Dempsey out of my top twenty uh, forwards <laughs> in season long. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a great point. The we were going through a little chat, and you made a very specific point that you left him out on purpose because he stinks. Um, yeah, I figured you guys would be like JD. You forgot Clint Dempsey. I definitely I would have. <laughs> I just wanted to nip it in the bud that I didn't feel like ranking him this week. Uh, he's done a whole lot of nothing for months and months and uh jordan morris is in there at number 13 but clint dempsey's nowhere to be found i think jordan morris is really going to benefit from ladero and i i think clint dempsey just doesn't even want to be in seattle so we'll see it it's disappointing how how bad he's been but yeah i mean patrick mullins michael deliu kevin doyle and josie altador are your last four and clint Dempsey didn't make it. Well, I should, for full disclosure, Skyler ranked Dempsey twelfth, right ahead of Giovanni, Giovanni dos Santos. So um, that's insane. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's... he also didn't rank Jordan Morris, so that was kind of the the trade off. He likes Dempsey. Right. I like Jordan Morris. And for what it's worth, in daily fantasy, I'd probably lean Dempsey just a little bit. Yeah, because he's he's probably better bet to take some set pieces whatever and morris is just more goal dependent but in in fmls you're looking for the goals Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. morris has a much higher chance of scoring one than dempsey right yeah i i definitely agree with you there um 
especially I'm just picturing Dempsey line up with a free kick, you know, two yards out of the box and have it either smash against the wall or get not even close. He's starting to get into that Cristiano Ronaldo group of guys who basically should just give them up. Yeah, but every like three years he scores a big one for yeah. the United States, and people are like, "Oh my God, he's so clutch at free kicks." Yeah, but no, no, it's amazing how much people forget about Clint Dempsey being terrible, and then he beats up on a Concacaf team or two, and, <laughs> and totally redeems himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's another guy I'm so over in MLS. Him and Drogba can go. Mm, okay, all right. Um, I don't want to burn any more bridges uh in this podcast so we're gonna i'm gonna cut you off right there um (laughs) we don't get hot takes like that from skylar he's too nice that's right that's right that's why we have him um but yeah that's all we got if uh, anybody has any questions either for um dfs or fmls um jd and skylar are always uh very available on twitter uh, jd is at at dfs mls skyler is at draft kicks which again i always comes up when i try to tweet at draft kings for with a complaint uh and you can find me at rotowire andrew and for those guys thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week good luck guys thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com slash soccer Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.